right. Welcome back to Whiskey and Wonder. Sorry, Megan. I did not tell you I was hitting the record button. You right did then. not. Hi, guys. Hopefully you didn't hear me uh, at the start. They're going like, what are you doing? <laughs> she was like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, so we're Whiskey and Wonder where we wonder and drink whiskey and and try stuff. Um, <laughs> That's a great description. Yeah. No, we, uh, we sample whiskeys and we uh, teach each other random Knowledge. Wonderful things. That's sometimes wonderful, sometimes terrifying. Just knowledgeable. Knowledgeable. Stuff that makes you go, hmm. Things that make you go, <laughs> To quote Ron White from one of his stand-up things. <laughs> That's a good one. Y'all should that go listen to that one. That is a good one. Did I say I'm Megan? I don't think so. Okay, I think well, I I'm just Megan. introduced you because you were. Oh. Yep. Okay, so, well, hi. That's Megan over there. That over there is Tyler. That's I'm my over co-host. Here. Yep. Um, so we got uh, one of our, if you listen to a couple episodes back, we got a Flaviar uh, box and in it was a fifth that we picked out and along with three um, random samples. samples like, yeah, essentially. Th- this is their welcome box sample. That's right. We chose the samples, but they chose the actual, we chose the style. We chose- Yes, yes. And they chose the actual whiskeys. And there's there's a little vial. There's three vials, and each one's a different style. Um, and it's probably got enough for each of us to get at least a finger. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, before we get into anything else, I just want to take a minute, put out all our social media stuff. Okay. Um, follow us if you feel up to it on uh, Instagram. You can find the podcast, at Whiskey Podcast. Um, I went ahead and made a Instagram for this as well. So at whiskey.tyler. Um, not that I have anything posted or anything, but you might see some, uh, some of my smoking adventures as far as like smoking meats and different sort of, I think I've mentioned before that Tyler is a lumberjack. Uh, yeah, I think you said my physique was that of a lumberjack, <laughs> and I didn't know how to take that, to be quite frank. It is a compliment. I took it as being fat, which no. I'm fat. Believe me, I'll be the first one to tell you, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, dead. Okay. Anyway, yeah, so that'll have random misadventures from my life, if I feel they're noteworthy. Um, Twitter, at uh, Whiskey and Wonder, without the R at the end, one day, one D, because... Uh, Whiskey and Wonder spelled out is too long for Twitter, and they won't allow the ampersand. Oh, um, nice. So we are just Whiskey and Wonder. Wonder. <laughs> so uh, I'm, you can find me there as well, uh, at Tyler underscore Whiskey. If you want to email us your topic suggestions or whiskey suggestions. Please do. Yes, please. Um, our email is whiskeyandwonder at gmail.com. You can... Uh, Hit us up at PayPal, paypal.me slash whiskey and wonder. Am I forgetting anything as far as all the social media goes? No, I think you did very good. Awesome. It's because I have it written down. I made a list. <laughs> um, no one had to know that. It's fine. Um, you can find all that stuff in the show notes. Uh, as always, smash that subscribe button and just punch the hell out of your computer to like it. Um, but don't really. Yeah, don't but, actually punch it. We can't afford to fix your computer yeah, for you. Yeah, but don't really. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like and subscribe. Give Absolutely. us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That'll help out a ton. Also, while we're on the topic of sub- subscriptions, I have some terrible news. Um, if you've listened for a while, 
You've heard me say previously that once we reached 200 subscribers, I would shave my beard off and uh-huh. grow and do a mustache or Fu Manchu or something. Um, unfortunately, it's come to our attention that the service we use to host the podcast oh. doesn't have an accurate way to track subscribers. It tracks the downloads in the last 24 hours. So we were singing, singing. We were, yes, <laughs> la, we were la, singing. La, 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 la. We were seeing <laughs> swings in our subscribers from. Like drastic swings. Yeah, several I don't want to say tens of people because it sounds <laughs> terrible, but several but, dozens, several, uh, well, tens of people. It was going from like 50 to 15 and then 60 to 20. And we, we didn't understand why. So we did a little digging and found that. So we don't have an accurate way of tracking subscribers right now. So with that being said, because I think we're sitting around 200, 250 listens. We are. We're above 250 listens now. Oh, we are. Well, we are. You guys are checking us out, and we really appreciate that. Yes, as we always. do. Thank you. Um, then if I'll do 2,500 listens, 2,500 listens. That's that puts us a tenth of the way there. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying that now. Chicken shit. I have no chin. I grew one. <laughs> you grew a chin. I grew a chin. You chicken shit. I. 2,500 listens. That. Okay. We're a tenth of the way there. Okay. God. Fucking listen, subscribe, get us there because I want to shave Tyler's beard. It's going to grow exponentially. I'm not doing it. I'm going to go somewhere and let somebody do it. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with you. We're going to record it. Okay. That's fine. It has to be live. We have to post it on Instagram Live. Oh, my Lord. We don't have a Facebook. That's a. Oh, Instagram does live thing? I think so. Okay. And I will. I need to figure out how to make a Facebook, like a business Facebook. I've seen people do it. I don't know how. Okay. Well, we're going to work on getting a Facebook. We'll get a Facebook next episode. Maybe. Question mark. Um, Is there anything else we had to talk about? Stickers. Stickers. Stickers are ordered. Yes. Um, So I should have them by um, to put the local print shop LLC on the spot. I'm going to say I'm going to have them before Christmas. That's... And if not, that's okay too. Yeah, okay, I guess. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have stickers if you know us in real life. Um, slap a we'll sticker see... on your car, and we'll give you a hug. Yeah, we'll see about uh, getting some folks some stickers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. We're gonna try to try to work on some t-shirts in the coming year. I know it's kind of towards the end. Uh, we hope everybody. We're recording this uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know if we mentioned it in the last one that's set come out tomorrow <laughs> uh, but uh i hope everybody had a happy thanksgiving uh spend spend some time with your family and did it safely with everything going on with the COVID. very safely um, yes you know whether that was virtual or or socially distant um but more importantly i hope everybody had a good time with their families and ate a lot of fattening delicious sexy food sexy food oh yes when you've been on a diet like i have You've been like <laughs> prepping for this day. Sexy food. Oh yes. I feel like we need to talk to your therapist. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. So, with that, all those notes aside, let's talk about this whiskey. All right. So today we are going to be drinking Wolfburn. Wolfburn. 
Northland non-chill filtered scotch. I'm having a scotch today. Ooh. So, uh, Wolfburn, uh, da, 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 da. life is hard, guys. I don't know what, okay. Uh, in 1821, William Smith founded the distillery on the outskirts of Thurso and named it Wolfburn after the watercourse it drew from, burn being the Scot word for stream or small river. So, Wolf River, Wolf Stream. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, the distillery was constructed from hardly, oh my God. The distillery was constructed from hardy local Caithness flagstone and the remains of its foundations can still be seen today smith invested heavily in wolfburn and it quickly became a significant producer of malt whiskey without the e without the e tax records from the early 19th century show it being the largest distillery in cathis in 1826 its annual production was 28,056 total gallons of proof spirit roughly 125,000 liters so the new Wolfburn Distillery uh, is just a short walk along the burn from the old site towards the sea. So I just poured us uh, poured this vial out into our glasses. Um, I just want to give everybody a heads up if you're thinking about uh, subscribing to Flaviar just to let you know about how much we got. It ended up being about enough for a finger total. Yep. So we each got about a half a finger. It's about half of what we normally get um, or what we normally pour. Um, but it'll be good enough to get a good taste of it. Um, I will admit I smelt it and I dealt it. Um, I will also admit that I have never been good with scotch before in my life. I've never found one that I have actually enjoyed. So this will be very interesting. Maybe today's the day. Perhaps it is. We will see. So what do you smell? I, so I've smelt the vial. I have not smelt the glass. I want to smell okay. it out of the glass first. Okay. It smells very different out of the glass than it did the vial. Interesting. Um, I'm going to get the vial back here. Hold on. It smells very oily. Oily. Vile. Here, like, smell it. I'm not sure if that's a product of the vial itself or the how okay. they keep it in. But I 100% understand why you say that's oily, and it's just the vial that smells like It's just that. the vial. It is the, not the, the actual whiskey liquid. does not. Um, in the glass, it smells completely different. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. That's a little weird. Um, uh, I'm not going to lie. I did get a little hint of it in the glass just now i have not gotten a hint of any oil um it, it's i i i smelled in the vial what you're smelling yeah it's it's, it's really strong in the vial. um i just I, pulled a tyler and smelled in the mic yeah that's what i'm talking <laughs> about um it's burning my nose i yeah. do know that it's, yeah it's burning um i, I feel like earthy yeah. Earthy, peaty kind of yeah. taste or taste smell. Smell. Yeah. Um, That's what I'm getting. I'd agree. This 
does not smell nearly as good as the bourbon whiskeys we've had before. Mm-mm. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little scared. <laughs> I'm I'm terrified. I just want a, a little behind the curtains moment here. Megan brought us uh, a cookie, some cookies from this local cookery. I guess is what it would be called. <laughs> bakery. Yeah, bakery, cookery, whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, they had a whiskey cookie. Don't waste your time. We're not even gonna. So... We're not even gonna mention the the place, the name, because I was so disappointed. Because it was such a disappointment. It was literally. It just tastes like big, big red, red gum. It, was... it did not taste like whiskey, and we were so upset. Yeah, it was disgusting. But anyway, point being, <laughs> we had some cookies before this. Um, in addition to the whiskey, we had like regular chocolate chip and Reese's flavored cookies and whatnot. Um, I don't know if Megan, I had, I had poured us a glass of milk because you can't have cookies without milk. Come I mean, on. obviously what, what American what kind of heathen. Yeah. What heathen eats <laughs> cookies without milk. But anyway, I have finished my glass of milk. I don't know if you have. I have also it? finished mine. Yes. Okay. Yes. I tried mine so that I could be I whiskey. Think this is going to be rough without a chaser, a chaser. I'm a little worried too, but we're going to find out. Oh, boy. Uh, so what we're supposed to be smelling is initially sweet with notes of fruit and fresh sea air. In the background, you'll find citrus and hints of cereal and just a trace of peat smoke. So, All right, so I could I can get the cereal. I can get the yep. sea air if it's like a industrial, <laughs> foggy, <laughs> smog-infested port. Sea air. I don't think that's what they were going for. Well, that's what I smell. It might be that little bit of the oily smell that I'm still getting. Maybe it, <laughs> maybe it's just stuck in my nose from the vial. But I don't get um, industrial beach smell. But uh, I wouldn't even say industrial beach. I would say industrial port. <laughs> um, like there's fish slingers in, <laughs> in this place that I'm I'm imagining in my head. Oh, God. I don't. I don't get the vanilla or the fruit at the beginning at all. Um, I don't get anything really sweet. Mm-mm. No, this just. I do get the peat, smoky peat. Oh, I yeah. get that. Yeah, yeah. I get the smokiness. I get like a cereal kind of like weedy, like a grainy, like yeah. almost like the shitty pieces from Lucky Charms. <laughs> the not marshmallows. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Megan's face right now. Uh, she was almost leaning her head against the microphone. That's how hard she was laughing. <laughs> Tyler kills me, guys. Um, have you tasted it? I have not. I'm going to. So go. okay. I'm gonna let you go first because I'm so nervous. I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm not oh. I am not excited at all based off the face she made. Then she tried to talk and then made a worse face. <laughs> um, Wolf burn is not my favorite. It tastes like I just licked an ashtray. <laughs> um, so I'm tasting ashtray with uh, remnants of half-smoked marble reds. Um, <laughs> um... I thought screwball was bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, mm. I would like some peanut butter whiskey, please. Get this so, shit away from me. Um, I will. I will admit, you're right on the ashtray. You are damn right on the ashtray. It did. It, it, I did get some sweet 
from the get go. Uh, I got a little, I got a little of the vanilla, little fruit. As it went down, it tasted like an ashtray. Yep. Um, it, it's like, and it burnt. Yes. Like I swallowed it. And it didn't start burning until, until like, it was down. Until it was down. Yeah, that's yeah. why I got the second face. Like I went to talk, and then I t- I like made yeah. another face. It was because it I wasn't expecting like there was that like. I will admit, up. based off of your face, I expected it to be harsher. It's not harsh. It it's just not harsh. Gross. It's, yeah, it's just. And there's like a lingering aftertaste of cigarette. No, I, I would say it's. Cigarette and leather, but not a good leather. Not like the no. the um, Connolly bourbon we had before. This is. I'm glad this was only half a finger. Me too. Um, Me too. I'm gonna power through it like a champ. Um, same. If you guys have any scotch that you think we should taste that is good, and you think it'll make us scotch drinkers. Send it to us, please. please. Email us at uh, whiskeyandwonder at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or any of those places I listed yes. off earlier. Yes, because right now be um, I have a very bad impression of scotch. She's got a bad taste in her mouth. <laughs> Literally. <Like> scotch. <laughs> uh, so I am going to drink. Yep. Uh, so what we're out. supposed to be getting. Is sweet, nutty tones with hints of grapes and honey. Floral flavors abound, enhanced with just a hint of dried fruit and spice. Nope. It, I, didn't, I didn't hear you say anything about half-smoked Marlboros in there. <laughs> That's all I taste. Um, oh, I'm these were clean whiskey for... glasses, right? Like, yeah. You weren't smoking out of these? Using them in ashtrays? No. No, no. I had to think on that for a minute, but no, I didn't. <laughs> Well, I'm going to force myself to drink this. Yeah, same here. Um, but I'm excited that I'm the one talking today and not the drinker. Oh. oh, I wish I could take a picture of his face. Oh, that one was bad. I let it, like... Sit? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh, guys, I'm, I'm so sorry. We're going to pause for a minute. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. We're back now. I uh, think that is the first time we've ever had to stop in the middle of recording and leave and come back. Yeah, we had to, uh, like I said, neither one of us had a chaser, and it was just, uh, I, I had to go get something, and Megan was like, I'm going to join you. Yep. <laughs> You're going so, to the kitchen, I'll come too. Yeah. Uh, uh, huh. That was rough. I should not have let that swish around in my mouth a little bit. Oh, so, uh, that's right. Wolfburn Scotch, guys. Yeah, we'll talk more about that later yeah back to what megan was saying about uh whatever our topic's gonna be this week <laughs> i feel so derailed right now oh okay um so today i'm gonna learn you about the queen of crime dun, 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 dun. i don't really know where that came from i just thought that was like a crime sound i don't think that was very crimey but <gasps> sorry guys <laughs> i'm just having too much fun all right uh so the queen of crime Agatha Christie. I've heard that name. You'll know why. Okay. A little bit. So, Agatha Christie was born Agatha Marie Clarissa Miller on September 15th, 1890 in Torquay, Devon, England. 
and she was the youngest of three children. Um, her eldest sister is Marge Bray. They called her Madge. She was born in 1879. Her brother, Monty Louis Montant, was born in 1880, and Agatha was born in 1890. So she had a pretty big gap there between her siblings um, and herself. So because there was such a big gap, uh, she spent a lot of her childhood playing by herself. She had uh, invisible friends and she made up stories and all that uh, type of fun. Nonsense. Yeah, sure. Nonsense. <laughs> um, but despite uh, having a fairly lonely childhood, she does describe it as very happy. Um, it was when she was a child, she started to make up stories. Um, and, uh, that is what she became known for. She um, a writer? Oh yeah. Okay. That's she is the writer of mystery novels. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, so she was homeschooled until 1902 after the death of her father when she was 11 in 1901. She attended Miss Geyer's school, and but found it hard to adjust to the strict discipline. In 1905, Agatha was sent to Paris to learn in a series of boarding schools, focusing on vocal training and piano playing. So she was going to be a musician. Um, but eventually she decided she lacked both the temperament and the talent to become a concert pianist or an opera singer and uh, stopped chasing those dreams that were kind of set for her. Um, after she completed her education, she moved to Cairo, Egypt, with her mother for three months. Um, and that's when she really begins to write. That's where she starts getting a lot of her inspiration. So, um, and I should have introduced her as Dame Agatha Christie, in all fairness. Be I, I get so confused by the British titles. So she was knighted. So a female knight is a dame. It's a dame, okay. So instead of Sir Agatha Christie, it's Dame, dame. Agatha Christie. Um, she was knighted in 1971 for her contribution to literature, um, just a few years before her death. I always thought dame was like a derogatory term, like, hey, you're a dame, you know? I, I don't think I've ever heard it derogatory. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. So at 18, she wrote her first short story, which she titled The House of Beauty, while in bed sick. Um, this story was the early version of her later story called The House of Dreams. Now, at first, she spent a lot of her time struggling. Um, every magazine she submitted her early stuff to rejected her. Um, even though she tried different, uh, using different pseudonyms. So she tried to go under Mac Miller, Nathaniel Miller, Sidney West, um, thinking she'd be published more likely if she had a man's name. Um, but still no one took her up on, um, getting her published. However, later on, after she did become famous, uh, some of her stories that she submitted to these magazines were, later published uh, under her real no name once they realized that she was a gold mine of mystery. So she tried using pseudonyms and it still didn't work? Right. Correct. 
Interesting. But, okay, so how did they find out that it was her after, uh, later on? Later on, she, like, admitted to, like, hey, oh, I tried uh, okay. to submit was, my stories thinking... here, here, and here under this name and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I was thinking it was, like, after her death. Oh, no, no. Okay, gotcha. Uh, her first novel was titled Snow Upon the Desert, and it was heavily inspired by her time in Cairo. Um, it was rejected by six publishing houses um, before. Yep. Probably all of them back then. Probably. Um, before uh, Christie reached out to a family friend named Eden Philpotts, who is a successful novelist at the time. Um, Eden encouraged her and sent her to his literary agent, Hugh Massey. And Massey also rejected Snow Upon the Desert. But he did see that she had potential to be a great novelist, and he suggested that she write a second novel. So Agatha Christie begins work on another novel, and time goes by. In October of 1912, she met Archibald Christie at a dance. Colonel Archibald Christie is a Royal Flying Corps pilot in London, and they got married in 1914. She spent World War I working as a nurse and then a pharmacy assistant where she learned all about poisons and things that would later show up in her novels. So, As her husband was fighting in the war, she was learning all these Mystery secret stuffs. I'm trying to figure out what the work I know her from is. I don't spoil it. I'm okay. gonna see if I can get there before okay. you get there. Okay. <laughs> um she wrote her first detective novel, The Mysterious Affair at Styles, in nineteen sixteen. This introduced her popular character Hercule Poirot. Now <laughs> I had to Break and re reverse it during this. Yep, there you go. Thanks. All you gotta do is just do the <laughs> thing. Do the thing. Do the thing. So, Hercule Poirot is. I don't want to say on the le same level of Sherlock Holmes because Sherlock Holmes is his own masterpiece. Yes. Um, I almost made my my topic today about um sir arthur conan doyle and i will do him at some point in the future Not if um I do first oh we'll fight <laughs> <laughs> um but agatha christie had a very interesting life so i chose her instead okay um but Hercule poirot is audible's number six most mispronounced official fictional name um so he's number six on their top 10 list and i just want to go over um, the top three, because I think I can pronounce almost all of them. How many times did you practice these names? Shh, don't think about it. I'm not ever going to admit I practiced it all. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the number one most mispronounced fictional name is Don Quixote. Oh, damn. I was going to say, do you want me to try and say these names? Oh, shoot. Uh, that's okay. I already knew that one. Okay. I, I, I read that story in Spanish class. Let me see your list and... And I'll try okay, to Okay, well you're gonna you're gonna know the second one. The third one you might not. Uh where am I at here? Up at the top where there's parentheses. Uh yeah, Don Quixote. Daenerys? Yep. Daenerys Targaryen is number two. Oedipus. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm I'm not crazy. Wait, hold on. You said Daenerys Targaryen is number two? Yep. How do people pronounce that? Oh. Uh well, I have a cat named Daenerys, and hearing the vet try to say her name anytime they call me to remind me of appointments is hysterical. Daenerys. Daenerys. Okay. There's lots of. Interesting. Yeah. Um, especially after the TV show, I'm sure a lot more people are able to say it, but beforehand when it was just a book series. I mean, I only know from the TV show. I'll tell you a funny story about names real quick. Oh God. Um, when I was a kid, I read the Harry Potter books religiously, like just back to back to back to back. Even when I finished the series waiting on new books to come out. Yep. Me too. Me too. Uh, I, it took me until about my fifth read to read through to realize, or maybe it was the movies when I started seeing the movies that I realized her name was one Hermione. I thought it was, um, Hermione. And I thought professor McGonagall's name was McGongal. (laughs) I didn't get McGongal. Um, but I did used to mispronounce Hermione. Um, I think. I think I said Hermione. Like Crumb? What? Yes, like Crumb. Like yeah. Victor Crumb does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hermione. Um, but yes, so. Anyway, Hercule Poirot, uh, he is a former Belgian police officer that took refuge in Britain after Germany invaded Belgium. And Poirot would appear in 33 novels, two plays, and 50 short stories of Agatha Christie's. Impressive. How do you spell that name? Uh, Hercules without the S. So H-E-R-C-U-L-E. And then Perot is P-O-I-R-O-T. And can you say it one more time? Hercule Perot. Hercule Perot. Yes. Can you use it in a sentence? Can I get the definition? <laughs> You're such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so, uh, this first book, uh, The Mysterious Fair at Styles, was originally rejected by Hodder and Stoughton and Methune, which were two publishing houses. Um, but eventually John Lane at the Bodley Head Publishing, um, offered to accept it if Christie made some significant changes. Um, basically she had to rewrite the ending, um, and if she agreed to sign her next five books over to Bodley Head, which later in her career, she said that was super exploitive. And yeah, I'd have to agree, um, knowing how much they fucked her over um, in her profits and things like that. She only got paid about $50 um, for one of her books, her second book that she wrote, um, which is like only $2,500 today. Um, in today's money, so I mean, you still see that though with like music labels yeah. and that sort of thing. There, they try to get the creative rights to your works and that sort of thing. And yeah, yeah. Publishing companies, no matter the art form, want to have the control, not the artists. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. So, The Mysterious Affair at Styles was published in 1920. Um, 
The year prior, in August of 1919, she gave birth to her only child, Rosalind Margaret Clarissa. Um, her second novel, published in 1922, and that was The Secret Adversary. And in 1923, her third novel, Murder on the Links, and a series of short stories commissioned by the Sketch Magazine published. From then on, she had no trouble getting her work published. She was a household name. I still haven't heard anything that I know. You will later on. Okay. I've, um, I don't think I'm going to remember what... Probably not. I'm going to go over her bibliography at the end. Okay. Um, but I want to talk to you about... 1926. 1926. Yep. I'm trying to remember what happened in 1926. Well, you're about to find out. I know that was the year the Yankees, the Yankees are dominating in the 20s. <laughs> this is also uh, in England. Oh, oh, well, baseball's out the window then. <laughs> um, her mother passed away in April of 1926. Um, and reports appeared in the press that Agatha Christie suffered a breakdown caused by overwork. So her mother passed away. She's super stressed out. Life is going just nuts. She's Fabulous. having a she's having a bad time. On December third, um, nineteen twenty six, just after nine thirty p.m. on Friday, Agatha Christie went upstairs and kissed her daughter Rosalind, who was seven at the time. She got in her car and she drove off. She was not seen again for 11 days. I thought you were going to say 11 years. <laughs> that would also be amazing, but no, just 11 days. Okay, that's that's a little more reasonable. So, um, rumor has it that her and her husband and the rumor has it that her and her husband had been arguing. Uh, he'd been having an affair, one that the public wasn't privy to, but Agatha certainly was. Um, her Morris Crowley, uh, Cowley, which is the type of car she had, was found abandoned the next morning above a chalk quarry. So the headlights were still, um, on and there were clothes. Her coat was in the vehicle. Um, but she was nowhere to be seen. So her car is just there. Just crashed. Wait, you said her clothes were in the vehicle. Was she naked? Her, her like extra clothes. Okay. Extra clothes. Like her coat was in there. I gotcha. Things. So she was such a well-known author at this point that her disappearance ended up making the front page of the Times on December 6th. Her disappearance sparked one of the greatest manhunts in history still to this day. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yes. So more than a thousand police officers were signed to search, and this is the first time airplanes were ever used in a search for a person. So she has all of Europe and all of the world really like losing their mind because this is sensational. Um, famous crime writers, including Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, um, creator of Sherlock Holmes, was brought on the case. Um, they hoped their specialist knowledge would be able to solve the mystery faster. It didn't. But hey, famous people tried to help. Spoiler alert. Oh, come on. Come on now. Uh, the press went wild over her disappearance. They said it was life imitating art. This 
famous murder mystery writer goes missing under suspicious circumstances. And theories started flying about what happened to her. Had her husband killed her? Had she staged um, a suicide to look like a murder to frame her husband? Was this all just a publicity stunt for a new book that she was going to have published? And on and on and on. It had all the elements of an Agatha Christie whodunit novel. So, do, do we think that she blurred the lines of reality in her novels, perhaps? I will tell you what my theory is sure. at the end. Okay. Um, and a lot of people say different things, but I, I'll tell you what I think. Okay. Um, no body was found, and her sixth novel, The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, was selling very well. Um, so people were left just scratching their head and inventing even more outrageous theories. So it wasn't until December 14th, 11 full days later, that Ag Agatha Christie was finally located. She was found safe and well inside a hotel in Harrogate. Now, Christie claimed to have no memory of the past two weeks, complete amnesia, and she basically refused to ever speak about the incident again. Now, well, all right then. And you said her car was crashed. Yes. Not just parked. It was like crashed, yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, so some people think, oh, there was a head injury. She did have an amnesia, then blah, blah, blah. Well, I'll get into it a little how bit. Far, how far away was this hotel she was found at? Uh, quite a ways. It was a couple hours by train, I believe. Mm. Um, Interesting. She basically had to stumble from her car to the train station, purchase a ticket, and then get to Harrogate. Um, but let me tell you some of the curiosities about the event. And this is one of the reasons, well, these are some of the reasons why these theories went insane. So they found three letters left behind when she disappeared. One letter was to her husband, which he refused to divulge what it contained, never learned what it said. Where did she leave these letters? Don't know. Okay. One was to her secretary. Her secretary did come out and say it was just scheduling details. There wasn't anything ominous or anything about it. And the third letter was to her brother-in-law that said she was getting treatment at a spa. Which you would think, they have this letter that says, hey, I'm leaving town for a little bit. I'm going to get treatment. I'll be back. You would think that everyone would calm down and be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But apparently no one believed that letter was legitimate. Uh, her car was found near a pond called the Silent Pool, which is said to be bottomless and had all sorts of urban legends surrounding it, including it being the site of two boys' deaths. Um, they brought numerous bloodhounds to the scene to try to find uh, Agatha Christie. The one that pissed me off the most, they're annoyed me the most was they bought brought Agatha Christie's own dog to the scene to try to find her owner scent. And for those of you guys who don't know, I spend my day job outside of this podcast working with dogs. Um, I would say I am quite well versed in uh, training dogs. Dog. 
<laughs> uh, and that annoyed me. And I know it was like way back in the early 1900s, 1920s, whatever. Um, but a dog has to be trained how to scent work, like how to find things based on scents. It's like, even though, yeah, dogs have great noses, you can't just toss a dog and expect them to be able to track someone. I'm very curious by that. Yes. Because not to sidetrack too far from this, but I feel like if Bo caught my scent somewhere, He'd start looking at me, but I also play hide and seek with my dog. You do, and that house, is a training. That is a form of training. Yes. I didn't really think about that. Yes, um, and it and it's like just putting some random person in front of a piano. There's going to be like that one person out of a million who can play, like without having any knowledge, like a savant. Mm -hmm. But the majority of dogs need to be taught how to track. So, okay, I I I. Didn't really think about the hide and seek bit being a form of training until I talked about it. Yep. So, anyway, I sorry I had to get off on that tangent because that just annoyed me that all they did was just give that dog anxiety by taking it to where its owner was last seen. So. Well, hopefully the dog didn't really smell anything. It probably smelled her. It just couldn't track her. Yeah. So, but. <sighs> yes. So anyway, off um on the dog business. So a lot of people were claiming that this was a publicity stunt for a new Agatha Christie novel. Um, and her secretary is the one who actually came forth and said, quote, it is ridiculous. Mrs. Christie is quite too much a lady for that. Stating that she would never do something this serious for a marketing scheme, basically. Uh, spiritualists went and held a seance at the chalk pit where her car was crashed. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle hired a medium to track her using a glove. That did not work. Now, with her coat, there was also a bottle found in her car, and the bottle was labeled Poison, lead, and opium. Liquor. <laughs> Not quite. Not back then. Almost, though. Close, yeah. She checked into the hotel under the name Teresa Neal, which happened to be the surname of her husband's mistress. Neal. Hmm. Um, Harrogate was the heart of elegance and fashion in Europe at this time. Um, and Christie participated in all the balls and dances and social events during her stay at this hotel. And it was eventually a banjo player named Bob Tappan, uh, that recognized her and he alerted the police and Colonel Archibald Christie went to retrieve her. She spoke of her uh, lost 11 days just once. Um, and she spoke of it in an interview in 1928 for the Daily Mail. So she said, quote, There came into my mind the thought of driving into it. However, as my daughter was, in, was with me in the car, I dismissed the idea at once. 
That night, I felt terribly miserable. I felt that I'd go on no longer. I left home that night in a state of high nervous strain with the intention of doing something desperate. When I reached a point on the road which I thought was near the quarry, I turned the car off the road down the hill toward it. I left the wheel and let the car run. The car struck something with a jerk and pulled up suddenly. I was flung against the steering wheel and my head hit something. Up until that moment, I was Mrs. Christie. And that is all she ever said on her disappearance. Period. Mm. Um, she also does not mention it in her autobiography, which was published posthumously. Uh, she dismissed the end of her marriage with uh, Colonel Archibald Christie with a, quote, there is no need to dwell on it, end quote. So. I really don't know what to make of this tale so far. So, most likely, and what um, psychiatrists today seem to think, is she probably fell into a fugue state brought on by psychological trauma. Fugue? Yes. F-U-G-U-E? Yes. Look at me, guys. I can spell. Good job. Yay! (laughs) Waiting for it. So... A combination of losing her mother, um, finding out her husband's shocking betrayal, general stress, just everything kind of added together and became the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, And it caused her to basically check out and disassociate for a few days. And it's like, whoop. Mm. When you say that, do you mean like not have a recollection of it or just choosing not to not I don't believe it was a choice um so I um I have experienced uh disassociation um in just my general life from the mental issues I have and it's it's scary um because I honestly will like be in the middle of talking or saying something and I like check out and I just run on autopilot and I come back a few minutes later and I'm like, what in the hell did I just say? And I have no, it was like, I was just watching from the outside a Charlie Brown cartoon. I was going wah, 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 wah. And I don't. Interesting. It's, it's scary. Um, so I fully believe that it probably was this fugue state. Um, I believe she just mentally broke for a little bit there and, checked out that's interesting um i mean i have moments like that too but i just assume it's just me not paying attention <laughs> okay to life well, um just kind of zone you have adhd all... so do i or add one of the two do i do don't you no not that i'm aware of <laughs> you sure hey guys megan just diagnosed me with some shit in here <laughs> <laughs> no, not that I've ever been diagnosed with. I mean, uh, just I, kidding. Never mind. I have, I <laughs> think I have a little bit of OCD. <laughs> Never mind. Forget I said anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, uh, I, I just kind of zone out sometimes in life, and this is going to sound terrible, but I'm really bad about it when I'm driving long distances. 
you I'll, go into like autopilot mode. Yeah, I'll, I'll start thinking about whatever's on my mind and just think on it. And next thing I know, it's like, oh, I'm 50 miles down the road. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. Um, that's just interesting. Our brains are just insane. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's not like I'm not paying attention to the road or anything. I'm just focused on working, you know, working through whatever's on my mind or Mm -hmm. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, she did divorce, uh, Colonel Christie in 1928. Um, and a couple of years later, she married archeologist, Sir Max Malawan. Um, and that same year created Miss Jane Marple, her second most popular recurring character. Um, Miss Jane Marple is a older village lady who kind of thinks herself like a private eye. Um, she gets involved in a lot of like the detective stuff. She's, she's pretty cool. I like Miss Marple. So, as of today, Agatha Christie has sold over 2 billion copies of her novels, making her the queen of crime and the most read novelist in history. The wow. only books that sell her are the Bible and Shakespeare. Other Damn. than that, she is the top to this day. I did not know that. Yes. Her play, The Mousetrap, holds the record for the longest unbroken run in a London theater. It opened in 1952 at the Ambassador Theater, and it continued to run up until the COVID-19 suspended all theater productions in 2020. What? Yep. It opened when? 1952. Holy shit. Yep. That's 70, almost 70 years. It is The Mousetrap. So hopefully it'll begin playing again once theaters are allowed to exist Open again. again. Yeah. Yes. Um, she was knighted in 1971, and she made her last public appearance in 1974 for the opening night of the play version of Murder on the Orient Express. That's a name I've heard. Yes. That's my favorite book of hers. Yeah. I've I've never read any of her books, but I have heard of that one. That's cultured. <laughs> um, she ju- she died January twelfth, nineteen seventy six. That is Agatha Christie. So, <laughs> so. What is your theory on what happened? Just she went into that I think that it was state? the fugue state. Yeah, I think she just, it was that or suicide or something drastic. And so her brain just clicked over to trying to save itself. And that's what happened. So. I see. I, oh, I'm, I, I. I don't know what I think on that. I, honestly, I kind of think it was the. Uh, I think she went for a drive, and tried to kill herself in a car wreck, failed, and gave and actually did give herself amnesia. 
I don't know if for certain if she did or didn't, but I think she decided that it if she didn't give herself amnesia because there's too many things like checking in with the surname yeah. of the she. I feel like she knew what she was doing. Yeah, and she went to a place like she had just been cheated on by her husband. She went to a place, to a place where it's where like it's all swinging, like glitz, and yeah, and yeah. you know she was having a good time there. Yeah. So I feel like she might have uh, been like, okay, well, I'm meant to live. I'm gonna go to these places. I'm gonna have a good time. He's living it up. I'm gonna go live it up for a little while. Maybe. Maybe. I, I would mean, like I to. Know. I would like to think that she would not do that, especially the amount of panic and money and insanity that happened with her disappearance. Like, uh, yeah, but you get these celebrities that, uh, you know, uh, you say do that. Do you mean what? Try to kill herself or just go party it up? for? Just go party it up. Okay. I was about to say celebrities kill themselves all the time. No, I meant just go party it up. Yeah. I mean, celebrities go party it up for the hell of it. That is true. So that's interesting though. That's a very, Interesting okay. story. I did not know. Um, I've heard the name and I've heard the last title that you mentioned. The something on the, the Ori- murder on the murder Orient, on the Orient Express. Express. Yeah. Uh, so she wrote seventy four novels over the course of her life. Are you going to give us all seventy four? No, I'm going to go over what I like. My like top books that she wrote, okay. not all of them. Um, she wrote twenty eight collections of short stories. Three poems, 16 plays, and seven broadcast works. And an autobiography that was published after her death. So, my favorite book that she wrote is Murder on the Orient Express. Um, She wrote that in 1934. Um, I'm not going to give any plots or anything, because if people want to check them out, you check them out. Just know that she is... She's a famous mystery writer for a reason, um, and it is fantastic to read through her works and watch the stories unfold. Um, I also love the ABC Murders, which she wrote in 1936. Murder is Easy in 1939. Ten Little Indians in 1939. And where is it? not find the year she wrote death on the nile uh there's also a book she wrote called death on the nile that i like as well and ah 1937 woohoo yay go yay. me <laughs> uh, yep so that is dame agatha christie interesting story very interesting uh it sounds like she lived a very interesting life, especially that disappearance. That's what bit. made me pick her over Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. So I noticed you said it earlier, and it was basically right about the time I had to stop and go get a drink. Um, you said you were glad that it was not your turn to be the drinker this week. Yep. <laughs> 
I have not been the drinker this week. My <laughs> glass is sat over there untouched, so here we go. Um, I just took another sip, and it still tastes like an ashtray, and I still hate it. I would rather drink the peanut butter whiskey. This is gross. Absolutely. This is gross. Uh, I'm going to have to give that a solid... Uh... God, that ashtray smell. Taste. Leather. Everything. Can we give it a zero? Is that an actual score? I was going to say a 0.5, but I want to say a zero. Like, I, I'm so glad this was just a taster that, oh, yeah, me too. Um, that Flaviar sent us because I would not, I would, I would be, not, drink I, this. I would try to return it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is disappointing. Yeah. Very. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm very, scared i don't want to say scared but i'm very anxious to try another scotch like i'm i'm nervous about doing it uh, uh, all scotches taste like this that was gross rough. yeah gross. so if you guys have any good scotches to recommend please write to us email us get us on twitter uh megan's about to take her last little sip i threw mine back um i just threw it back like a <laughs> shot and just got it over with oh megan's face oh don't vomit um it's drinking ashtray water it is it is i mean it's yeah that's the best way i can put it it tastes like drinking ashtray water oh good job you picked this one out of the three we had you picked this one we'd never done a scotch on here before and i was like "Ooh, it's a scotch and its name is wolfburn that's a cool name <laughs> good job uh we need a boo sound effect boo oh yeah i <laughs> Uh, that was the one I meant to get. It was a boo sound effect. I did get a new one, guys, though, for when something something kind of goes over one of our heads. <laughs> it's a little quick. You got to be there. You got to be paying attention. Um, it just, yeah. this I, ash ashtray flavor is like sitting on the back of my throat. I'm telling. So we went, I have some sweet tea and. I got water Megan because sweet tea water. is disgusting. Uh, sh no, I believe your exact words were, it is the... the Devil's juice? Devil's juice. And I said, no, what we just drank was the devil's juice in reference to the scotch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was to the fine folks at uh, Wolfburn. I'm sorry. <laughs> I uh, I can't give you... I can't. No. Uh, it's, it's not my cup of tea. No. I, I'm sure not. you guys like it. Um, enjoy my share, please. Yeah, definitely. Ugh. Uh, and with that, um, I think we're gonna move over to the Star Wars side of the podcast. Yes. We're gonna talk about Mandalorian. Uh, okay. so if you don't want any spoilers, get the heck out of here. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. We'll have a Facebook by stuff. next next episode. Um, send us your emails with your requests for topics and scotches. And other whiskeys, <laughs> please, dear God, send us some good scotches. If they all taste like ashtray water. We're going to have some problems, guys. Uh, well, if they taste like ashtray water, just do us a favor and don't send those. We don't want those. Yeah, we don't want <laughs> we don't want the ashtray water ones. Those yeah. are gross. Um, but, you know, uh, reach out to us. We'll try to reach back out to you guys. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be it. We're going to have stickers and uh, whatnot, but we're going to transition into the Star Wars aspect here in about uh, three, two. Don't drink and drive. Oh yeah, that's right. I that's forgot. Supposed... We yeah, we're supposed no, to. We do... have to do so our. Cheers. Cheers.
Oh no! Hold on. Uh, uh, I gotta play that sound again to change it. There we go. Let's try that one more time. Cheers. I'm nervous. Shit. <laughs> All right. So I jacked that up pre-show on accident. Didn't mean to. So. Um. All right. Uh, once again, try it. Now. All right. Cheers. It worked. All right. Now that Star Wars is gone, let me uh, fix that real quick. <laughs> uh, Cheers, crickets. Perfect. All right. There we go. Now we got the glass <laughs> clink on the button it's supposed to be. All right. And let me save that. Uh, though crickets on any cheers for this disgusting scotch is probably not bad because I definitely don't feel like cheersing with this uh, scotch. Yeah, that was... Oh, it's rough. That was very rough. All right. All right. Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Again, spoilers. If you don't want to be here, fucking leave. Mandalorian. Damn, Megan just threw it down (laughs) on y'all. I have been wanting to talk to Tyler about this since it aired on Friday. And I sent him like, have you watched it? You got to watch it. Blah, blah, blah. And he sent me a gif of grumpy cat. Oh, yeah. So I am scared of what he thinks. Do you want to go first, or would you like me to go first? I'm. I guess you go first because I'll end it on a good note. <laughs> I was underwhelmed. Um, I, as I've stated many times during the Star Wars portion of this, I am rewatching Clone Wars. Um, but she had her lightsabers. There was lightsaber. She did. This. Rosario Dawson looks nothing like Ahsoka Tano. What? What she planet are you not, on? She is miscast wrong. drastically. Wrong. Her nose wrong, is wrong. way too huge Negative. to be Ahsoka Tano's. You are ah- wrong. Tano's. No. That, you are her, wrong. Her Rosario is, Dawson is no, a perfect terrible. casting. Terrible. She looks amazing as Ahsoka. No. What are you terrible. talking her about? Nose, Ahsoka's nose is very small and petite. Her nose is wide. She's a human. In makeup. I understand that. Versus a cartoon. When you look at the picture of the woman who actually does Ahsoka's voice in the cartoon, she looks a lot more like Ahsoka. If you put her in makeup, painted her, in my opinion. With that being said. You're wrong. That was not the only thing I didn't like about the episode as far as Ahsoka goes. Um... I thought the action scenes were quite clunky. They were very, like, we got Anakin and Obi-Wan. We got uh, Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor dueling like some motherfuckers in <laughs> uh, Revenge, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Whatever the one on Mustafar was, the third one. And, you know, we had some badass fight scenes, yet. She's like running all slow. It just, it looked very, very clunky. Um, as far as the storyline goes, it was good, not great. Uh, my, most of my, most of the issues I had with this was purely Ahsoka related. Maybe it was because I was so excited to see her and I was just blown away when I was like, that's not Ahsoka. 
That's some I, woman wanting to be Ahsoka at a I Comic-Con event. I so disagree with you. Oh, I God. think she looked so good. No. Terrible. I, Honestly, I think Shock T was better in the deleted scene of um, Revenge of the Sith. Where Grievous, spoiler alert, <laughs> where, where Grievous kills her. Um, because they're the same. They're both... Um, Oh, what is what is Ahsoka's species or race or whatever? I can't say it. Tog Togruta. Something with a hard name. Togruta or something like that. Yeah, Shock T is one of those two, and they did a better job. They should have had the woman played Shock T play Ahsoka. I did not. Uh, I I just I was so disappointed. When, I can't. I didn't even want to finish the episode when I saw her. I just, I had to suffer through it. But wow. Yeah. As far as the story wow. goes, we we found out Baby Yoda's name is Grogu or something like Grogu, that. Grogu, which I am going to 100% fuck up and call Goku. Yeah, I thought times. about that too. I am um, going to call him Goku over and over and over and over and over. I He will always be Beta 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 Yoda. He will always be Baby Yoda to most people. Yeah. But um, I like Grogu. I don't mind that name. Yeah, and it it's a fine name. I just didn't like the uh, I, I what I did like is I liked how she mentioned Yoda. She's like, I knew someone of his species. Mm-hmm. I didn't like how they gave him kind of the cop out backstory of he was at the Jedi Temple when it fell and somebody rescued him. Like you're communicating with this being at some point, like some way Ahsoka was communicating with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put Ahsoka in quotation marks here. No, you're going to just say Ahsoka. I hope she's not in The Mandalorian anymore. I'll put it that way. Um, I would rather see Boba Fett than a ripoff of Ahsoka. <laughs> I just, I can't even talk to you right now. Oh, do you want me to pull up a picture? Apparently, because I thought she was cast oh, perfectly. Terrible. I thought she looked phenomenal. Um. Overall, I I am going to actually agree with you. I was kind of over underwhelmed for the episode. Like, I wanted there to be so much more. Um, but, like, uh, my partner Houston said, he was worried about Ahsoka dra- joining up and overshadowing the Mandalorian because no one is going to be as strong as she is. So I'm I'm kind of glad that they did get away um, from having her travel with them. Maybe she'll show up again later on. Maybe not. Um, I do think they were setting up like a Rosario Dawson, um, Ahsoka Tano spinoff. Um, probably going to have her in um, the uh, Obi-Wan show. Oh, um, God. If they do an Ahsoka spinoff, I will not be watching it. You cannot tell me that the woman on the right wouldn't look better than the woman on the left. Her eyes, her nose, and her mouth just see. fit Ahsoka so much better. And this is the Rebels Ahsoka. Let me see. Disagree. How? I disagree. She, uh, oh. She's got a nose that actually comes out. Rosario Dawson's nose is flat and wide. Ahsoka's nose is not flat and wide, and her eyes, she's got big old bug eyes. Ahsoka doesn't have big old bug eyes. She's a beautiful woman, but she just does not look like my Ahsoka. 
I I disagree with you, and I will continue to disagree with you on that. I think she was cast very well. Megan, you need to clean your glasses. <laughs> you need to put on your glasses, Tyler. I have my contacts, and I can see <laughs> 2010 right now. Thank you. I We're going to agree to disagree on this because okay, because we'll just go in circles. You can't forever. change my mind on that. I was okay. Uh, you can't change my mind on it either. So we'll just go in circles forever. Um. Email us. Let us know what you think. Is Rosario Dawson a good Ahsoka? She's terrible. I'm asking them, <laughs> I know. not you. I know. They're going to agree with me. Maybe they are not. not. Maybe not. I don't know. I'll be on the wrong side of history. I'm on the wrong side of the candle world, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tyler, there are these candles that Yankee Candle sells that are called tailgating. They are, are the most disgusting candle. Amazing. No. They smell just like the seasoning mesquite. It's so gross. Which is my favorite seasoning. They are a candle that smells like mesquite barbecue. I know it's great. So gross. I have everyone one. at the Yankee Candle Company. Well, all right, let me tell this story. <laughs> okay, so, you tell it. It's your story. Uh about it was it was a year or two it was two years ago. Um me, I was I was dating this girl at the time, and we went in the Yankee Candle store, and I smelled this candle. And I was like, "This is amazing." She smelled it and said it was terrible. And we had we were talking to the ladies in the Yankee Candle, and they were like, they were all like, "Yeah, it's terrible." So naturally, being me, I was like, "You people are crazy." <laughs> and so I went around to every customer that was in that store, and I was like, "Does this smell terrible to you? Do you like this?" Every single person in the store said it was disgusting. So, flash forward to today, I happen to be back in the same Yankee Candle store. I find uh. the small version of this candle. They're like, they're on sale, you know, like four for 20 or whatever. So, I was going to get four of them. And the lady that's checking me out goes, did you mean to buy this candle? I was like, yeah, it smells delicious. It smells great. <laughs> She's like... Are you joking? I was like, no, it smells amazing. I know you're all going to hate it. Everybody hates it. I'm the one person in the world that likes it. She goes, let me just, just hold on. She goes in the back room and gets the entire staff of like <laughs> five people and brings them out to the front. Look at this and dude. Is like, this guy is actually buying these candles. And the manager proceeds to go like, we've got a special of, uh, the big ones, they're like $5 or 5 for $60. And I was like, well, he goes, if I make you a better deal, will you buy five of those? And I was like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I forgot to mention, I ended up getting one as a gift two years ago. So it's almost gone now. So I was there to buy more. And um, I ended up, point, point being, I bought eight, no, nine. Nine candles. Four Nine. small ones, five gigantic ones. <laughs> I bought one candle as a gift as well that was a different flavor. So I have this terrible candle that nobody but me likes that I ended up spending <laughs> for the nine candles. I ended up spending like $75. No, that included the other candle too. Mm -hmm. That was 13. So take 13 off of 75. So that's 60-ish bucks before tax on these nine candles. <laughs> nine Yankee candles. <laughs> And the receipt said, you saved $166. <laughs> Isn't 
No one wants that disgusting flavor. They literally said in the store, we break one from time to time just to get it out of the store. (laughs) I was like, damn, guys. Apparently, I'm the only person on the entire planet who likes this flavor. I don't even know why they still sell it. I thought they'd stopped. I stopped in there on a whim to just see. I was like, I I heard they discontinued it. bought nine. It was a good deal. (laughs) I'm set for life. So gross. The, uh, the one lady was like, you've got 175 hours worth of tailgating. Uh, <laughs> yes. Disgusting. Uh, so that's called tailgating. Yankee Candle. If any of you guys have tried that and like it, let us know because you can join Tyler in that club. Yes. Right now it is a club of one person. Yes. I, I do like my alone space. <laughs> my alone time, my alone space. Uh, so... That candle tastes like that scotch. No, it does not. You <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> no, it does not. That candle is like sweet tea. It is not the devil's liquid. It is a sweet, amazing delicacy. Blech. Gross. Um, I'm so disappointed in you. In the candle or Ahsoka? Ahsoka, but also the candle. A little bit of everything. Well, you know... <clears throat> And you don't like Boba Fett? Like, shit, Tyler. You're supposed to be my bestie. Well, uh, we could still be besties. We'd just be, we have different opinions. <laughs> I am, the longer this season of The Mandalorian goes on, the it's been like a roller coaster ride. It's had its moments where I've been excited for it. And then it's crashed. And then it's crashed back down. And it right now is currently, I'm feeling like I felt at the end of it last season. Which is, I could take it or leave it. Wow. I'm I'm going to continue watching it because we discuss it. I'm a Star okay. Wars fan. Okay. I will not watch, if they're going to have Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, I will not watch it. Not my Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, I that was my real complaint with the episode. Other than that, it was a fine episode, you know, middle of the road, not... It wasn't the best Mandalorian episode. Oh, no. I had another complaint. Oh. Since when is Beskar invincible to lightsabers? Because I vaguely, no, not vaguely. I distinctly remember Obi-Wan Kenobi slicing up some Death Watch members on Mandalore wearing Beskar with a slice across the belly. Were they wearing pure Beskar? I have no idea if it was pure Beskar. What I do know is I've never heard of Beskar being in, in, invincible to lightsabers up until this. But I haven't watched Rebels, so maybe it's in Rebels. But I distinctly remember in the one where he, Obi-Wan, visits Mandalore. He and Satine go to that moon and encounter Death Watch. You've never seen, you've seen Clone Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, they encounter Death Watch on that moon, and Obi Wan kills a bunch of them because it's the first time you ever see the dark sword like lightsaber. Uh, answering this question is kind of a tough nut to crack because sources in both Legends canon and in current canon are neither abundant nor consistent. But I'll try to do my best to summarize what we know and why a whole suit of Beskar is not a good idea against a lightsaber wielding opponent. 
In Legends, Beskar was the name given to pure Mandalorian iron ore, as well as a multitude of alloys. In this, con- in this continuity, we have some evidence from the Tales of the Jedi series and a few other sources, like the Knights of the Old Republic video games, that pure Beskar and some of its stronger and lighter allies are nearly impervious to lightsabers, but not completely impervious to it. If the power setting of lightsabers turned up to maximum or somehow boosted beyond that, it would eventually cut through Beskar. It would certainly not be on the first slash, and it would take repeated hits on the same spot or a continuous effort, like Qui-Gon did to the blast door of the Trade Federation ship. Um, The lightsaber would eventually win the contest. We also have evidence that pure Beskar is something exceedingly rare. It only existed on Mandalore and its moon, Concordia, and even there it was not a very common-to-find ore. Rare to point that when the Empire depleted all known loads of Beskar, the Mandalorians thought that there was not Beskar left in the galaxy. And this article goes on and on and on and on. Um, So I'm going to say that pure Beskar, 100% Beskar, would be able to deflect a lightsaber hit like he was doing. Alloys and stuff that the Death Watch wore would probably not be able to. All right, so... It's not the armor that I have the issue with. It's that stupid staff. The staff is 100% Beskar. Yes, but it said even 100% Beskar would lose against the lightsaber. Eventually. How long is eventually? Because that staff's only an inch wide. It's not like it's, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I took, I took an issue. I had an issue with that. I'll, I'll chalk that one up to me being picky. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, there are other, like you, you brought up the Qui-Gon Jinn and the blast doors and episode in Phantom Menace. Um, there are definitely moments in, um, Clone Wars where they just like, shh. Into a circle like that, <laughs> yeah. you know. So that's not exactly, you know. There are continuity errors. Yes. Um, but that one, for whatever reason, bothered me. Is it continuity? Yeah, that one. Continuity. What I say? Continuity. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, you know, I make up words. That's all right. But yeah, like I said, it, it was a middle of the road episode. I'm I'm not looking forward to next week's episode just because it's at a low point right now. All right. Um, not the way that I was this week's episode. I'm interested. Okay. The Grogu thing about his training and much fear. Uh, what they got to go somewhere and go on some temple and look into the eye of some beast, and it has to be the second Thursday of the month or something like that. <laughs> I think, and maybe he'll see his future. <laughs> something like right. that, right? I mean, you're not. Very wrong, so... <laughs> I got part of it right, at least. Uh, I am looking forward to next week's episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah? Yeah. You want to see Grogu look in the eye of the beast? I do. I do. I'm very curious to know what happens. I feel like he's going to get trained. Otherwise, why would, be on, why would we be on this? Yes, but Grogu never showed up in um, the sequel trilogy. Yeah, that's true. So. Ooh, a thought occurs. What if that's how old Sheev comes back? 
Oh. Because what's his day? They ran out of, um, whatchamacallit, the host. Yeah. As they were calling it, or the donor, the empire, or the wannabe empire at this point in the, the last episode with the, the UFC woman and the marshal. Not the marshal. The grief. She she was the marshal. She was a marshal, yeah. She yeah, was she, a marshal in that town. Yeah. Um Yeah, at that station they mentioned they had run out of the DNA or whatever from the donor. So maybe that's what uh Baby Yoda's purpose is, but That's gonna piss off a lot of people, but it would subvert ex- expectations and I would be fine with it. Yeah, I mean it would make sense. Yeah. And I, I would be fine with that happening. Um, oh, Sheev, coming back through Baby Yoda. Interesting that it would, Yoda was his greatest, well, I guess Anakin was his greatest nemesis. The end of the. Well, yes, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, But Yoda was, you know, at the height of their powers, so yeah. to speak. Yoda was his equivalent. Yeah. Are always meant to be, you know, in the storytelling aspect of it. Yeah. And it would be interesting that if a creature of Yoda's species gave him life. That's fascinating. That's a very like symbolic. That. It is. You heard it here first, folks. Whiskey and Wonder. We got it all figured out. No, we don't. <laughs> you know what I just realized? Oh, no. We didn't do trivia with Tyler earlier. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for anybody who's still hung around at this point, I do have a trivia for Tyler lined up. Uh, Um, How long is this episode now? It's sitting at about an hour and 20. Oh, that's not bad. I thought we were closer to two hours. No, we're we're doing pretty good. Um, So I think what I'm going to do with this trivia for Tyler, trivia for Tyler, (laughs) trivia with Tyler. Trivia for uh, Megan. I'm just going to go back and edit it. Into it? Well, no, I better not do that either. That'll come out terrible. What do you think I should do? Should I just go ahead and do it for the couple people or if anybody's still remaining? I guess, yeah, do it now for the people who are still here. And if anyone, like, later on, years down the road, is like, this one episode didn't have a trivia with Tyler, we can be like, yes, it it, it did. It sure did. (laughs) It did. All right. Um, Whoops. We we is dumb. All right. So <laughs> I'm dying. Uh, that is my alarm going off. Ding dong, ding dong. Um so I I think we mentioned that we're getting a um a special intro for trivia with Tyler. Yes. At some point. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yes, I'll have a button I can hit and hopefully that'll help us remember, remember it. it. <laughs> you know. Um All right. Trivia with Tyler. So Tyler Nuggets. Tyler Nuggets. So we're going to talk about the wall. The wall? The wall. Wall. The wall. Okay. Megan just pointed at the wall beside her. Like, is this the Berlin Wall? Nope. What wall is this? The Wall. By Pink Floyd. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) For anybody that doesn't know, The Wall is the 11th studio album by Pink Floyd. It is a rock opera. It was written by... Um, rock Lobster. 
No, 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 no. Not a <laughs> not a rock lobster, a rock opera. Um, it was written by uh the bassist Roger Waters. Um, and it was basically a an entire album devoted to telling the story of Pink, who was a rock star. Um, he he was uh a jaded rock star, quote unquote, who self like put himself into an isolated state in life through all the experiences he had. Um, and it's all about him building up this wall throughout his life keep people out and tearing things down and if you go through i'm not going to do it um with each song but each song if you listen to it chronological order it has a different meaning like for instance the first one taught is um i believe it starts where we come in and it's got like some interesting music playing and then kind of at the end uh there's some Lyrics that I don't remember, but it refers to a specific battle in World War II. Hmm. At the end, you hear, like, planes and a baby crying. Like, uh, World War II-esque planes. And, for instance, that one's talking about Pink's father dying in a battle in World War II and him being born. And then as you progress through, um, just to get a couple of the names from uh, songs here... uh, Let's see. So the, um, like I said, the first words in it are where we come in, which is a very interesting thing um, that we'll touch on later. Um, So the first song, um, In the Flesh, like I said, it's the, uh, it reveals his father was killed defending the the Anzio Bridgehead, Brighead, I don't know how you say that word. It's spelled Bridgehead. (laughs) <laughs> um, during World War Two, and a baby crying at the end, his you know birth, mm-hmm. and um, then there's another song. The next song is "The Thin Ice," talks about his mother raising him alone, and then there's several another brick in the wall songs. There's like part one, part two, and part three. Yeah, thrown throughout the wall or throughout the album, the wall, and each one is like the part one. You've started building the wall. The next part, you're like adding to the wall third part you know but one thing that i found really fascinating with this album is the very last track as it's like closing out and fading out the melody starts to sound very familiar and you hear basically the same voice as the beginning say isn't this where we or isn't this where and it's the album restarts and it goes we come in and so it's a symbolic That's so cool. I'm going to have to sit and listen to the album from start to finish. And you got to do it in chronological order because it's a symbolic nature of how these events we go through in life like this and how we build our wall and we isolate ourselves and we go through these events and tear, you know, tear the walls down, how it's cyclical in nature. It's a very deep album. It's very, it's got a lot of meaning in it. Man, musicians just don't do this anymore. No, they don't. And I'm not the biggest Pink Floyd fan, but they were some creative. Their 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 songs are a little odd, some of them. But when you look at it as a whole, 
you know, the meaning, especially the wall. Some of the songs are odd in the order and some of the sounds and whatnot, but it makes sense. It tells a story. Yeah. Um, uh, like, for instance, I, I just happen to know the song Mother just from um, playing music. It's like the story of almost like Pink as a teenager where his mother is like, he's looking back on his life to where he's looking back at how his mother was like an overbearing mother and never let him have any freedom and do anything. You know, it it's just a very, very interesting, it's well worth if you've got a road trip where you can just sit down and focus on it. And just listen it's worth listening wall, through the wall. Yep. Interesting. I will have to do that now. Um, like one of my favorite artists, David Bowie, and a lot of his albums tell a story from start to finish. His albums are all like characters. Like he didn't do. Yeah. Like he, Ziggy Stardust and the Duke. And, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge Bowie, um, aficionado. I know a handful of songs, but you know, I did know each one's like character based. I don't think he repeats a character. I don't. I don't think so. Like, once he's done with that album, that character's, like, that's that character, so to speak. Yeah, Ziggy Stardust. Maybe, yeah. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I think I remember hearing that as trivia um, a while back, but I, don't quote me to that. Don't hold me to that one. Okay. But, yeah, so that's trivia with Tyler. Sorry, it's at the end of the show, guys. We got to go. See you. Bye. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um. But yeah, it is towards the end of the show, so it is. We're getting on to an hour and a half now, so we're gonna pretty long episode. Yep. Um, it's been a fun episode, though overall. Yeah, absolutely. I've, Except I've... for the you know ass drink. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Ugh, oh, it's so gross. Anyway. Oh. Um. But thank you for tuning in this week. Thank you for listening. If you've stuck with us this far. Um, find us on social media it'll all be in the show notes I'm not saying it all again yep <laughs> um, you know Megan normally says don't drink and drive at this point but if you guys had drank what we had drank you wouldn't want to drink anymore at all <laughs> yeah. so there's no drinking and driving with this no there's, scotch there's you could you just spit it out and go drive <laughs> uh. but in all seriousness Megan uh, yes. Oh. <laughs> Don't drink and drive. Cheers. Have a good one, y'all. Bye, guys. <laughs>